0: Hi and welcome back to the EV Life Podcast. I'm your host Crystal Maharaj and today I'll be joined by Jenna Trost who is a PhD candidate at Northwestern University in Chicago. And Jenna works with Dr. Jennifer Dunn who is the Director of Research and she's a Senior Fellow at the Northwestern Argonne Institute of Science and Engineering. Jenna joined us to talk about their research and how it relates to EVs and the environmental impact of the batteries, which we know is a question that a lot of people have. So let's just dive right into that interview. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Are you able to just tell us a little bit about your background and the work that you do? Yeah, so... I am a
1: Ph.D. student at Northwestern University in Chicago, Illinois. I work with uh, Professor Jennifer Dunn, and my work um, looks at investigating the sustainability and life cycle analysis of minerals for decarbonization technologies like electric vehicles, solar panels, wind turbines, things like that.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're so excited to have this conversation because this is a topic that's really come up in our conversations with people who are interested in buying EVs, Um, you know, the ethics and the uh, environmental issues around the batteries. Can you just tell us a little bit more about the research that you're doing and how it relates specifically to EVs and sustainability?
1: Right, so life cycle analysis holistically looks at environmental burdens associated with a process or a system. Um, basically, you can look at the inputs and the outputs and determine the overall water consumption, energy consumption, greenhouse gas emissions, basically, a whole set of environmental measurements. Um, and so, what I look at is taking life cycle analysis and applying it to mineral acquisition for decarbonization technology. So right now, part of my work is looking at um, the sustainability of a proposed mine in Minnesota on how we can get nickel and copper for electric vehicles. That's just one focus of my research, but a lot of minerals are required for electric vehicles, so it's really important that we look at, um, you know, the whole life cycle, the whole Manufacturing the battery, the mining of the minerals, um, so that you can really understand the holistic effects of an electric vehicle.
0: So we know EVs create less emissions once they're on the road, but you kind of mentioned that we have to look at the entire life cycle of the battery. So can you just explain a little bit about what the concerns are around the battery production and how it contributes to carbon emissions?
1: So I think there's definitely two sides of battery production. The first is getting those raw materials out of the ground. Um, and then the other is the manufacturing component with raw material acquisition. Mining is really tough on the environment. You're digging up land. You're using a lot of heavy machinery, which, you know, right on diesel or other, you know, they have really low uh, fuel efficiencies. So you have uh, the machinery, but also mining requires a lot of chemicals for processing and refining those minerals. And so you have a lot of chemical waste, a lot of tailings, which is just mine runoff and mine waste. Um, and so one of the concerns is what do you do with that waste and how do you ensure that that waste doesn't leach into the environment and harm beyond just the area of the mine and things like that. And I think another concern with electric vehicles is just the people that are surrounding these mines, the tailings and the mining waste impact agriculture and uh, traditional livelihoods in a lot of developing countries. And so it's just a very complex problem that goes beyond just carbon emissions.
0: It sounds like the issues are really just the same issues that comes with any form of mining, right? You're disrupting the land and then there's byproduct that needs to be disposed of. So very similar to other forms of mining.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, lithium is kind of a non-traditional mining, um, depending on where you get it from. It's very traditional, like dig into a rock in Australia, but in Chile, for example, they suck these salty brines out of the ground, and that's where they extract their lithium. But basically, every other mineral, like nickel or copper or cobalt, um, just comes from traditional rock or deposits.
0: So you kind of mentioned the lithium, you can extract it through the salt brines. Is that more environmentally efficient or better for for the environment than just the traditional rock mining?
1: So the benefit of just pulling out these brines is that a lot of companies that do these create salt pond evaporation. So you pull out the brine out of the ground, you sit it in this pool outside and it evaporates some of the water and you move it to a different pool and it evaporates some more water. And so basically you're using solar energy so you don't have to like you know put it in a machine and heat it up and evaporate the water that way to get your concentrated lithium that said there's still environmental impacts you're pulling water from underground that might disrupt groundwater um, flows You might impact a water table if you're using i don't know any chemicals to help push out that brine you might contaminate some groundwater streams on there so again it's just this complex problem of uh you know Lithium mining, you don't have all the heavy machinery as like rock ore, um, but you still have other
0: issues that come with it. Right. So there really isn't like a perfect method, but some are a little bit better than others.
1: Yes. Yeah, I would agree.
0: So what should governments around the world be doing to help mediate some of these issues as people adopt EVs at an increasing rate?
1: One thing is, I think, a life. it's very difficult. A societal kind of lifestyle change to reduce the need for vehicles in general, um, you know, better public transportation, better walkable cities. Um, that's really unlikely um, in the near term, but governments could start to make that approach to just reduce the dependency on vehicles in general. But in terms of, you know, people are going to buy their cars, they're going to buy their electric vehicles. I think governments should really focus on establishing recycling measures you know, instead of pulling virgin minerals out of the ground, taking dead foam batteries or um, other scraps from other industries and extracting those minerals from spent waste and applying it to a battery. So I think if governments could really heighten their recycling infrastructure, that could be a good step. It's just not very common because there's not many dead electric vehicles on the market yet. It's right. still kind of new. <laughs>
0: But you said, like, you kind of mentioned taking batteries from old electronics, so laptops, phones. Is that feasible? Like, do we have enough? Is there an issue of, like, we just don't have enough of those batteries that we can repurpose right now, even from the electronics?
1: That's a great question. I think it really boils down to, it might. My- be just economically cheaper to mine because okay. everything's like pretty abundant and available right now. And so it's just easier to just, you know, go forth instead of dealing with, um, you know, breaking apart the phone and pulling up the specific lithium component of the phone because the phone battery is not necessarily the same as an electric vehicle battery. Um, I think there's probably an abundance of phones. Like I've gone through a couple of my in my years and so I feel like if that's multiplied, or multiplied, across the board. It could help make an impact. It might not create enough lithium for all the that we need. And it also comes down to, you know, where are those dead phones? Like, do people just throw them in the trash? Do people, Are people, um, you know, thinking ahead and saying, oh, I'm going to drop it off at a recycling facility? Yeah, things around that.
0: Right. So just having better recycling accessibilities or facilities for people to properly dispose of those electronics would be helpful is what I'm hearing. What about consumers? Is there anything that the average person can do or like maybe be conscious of when they're purchasing an EV or hybrid vehicle?
1: Yeah, I think it really depends on what the consumer values. Um, You know, there's different battery types um, across the board. So there's some that have cobalt in them, which is strongly tied to a lot of social issues because um, cobalt, like 80% of the world's cobalt is in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there's a lot of social issues on equity and safe working conditions around cobalt. It also, you know, really depends if you want the tax credits. Um, if that's something that is important to you, you might want to consider a car, that um, is tax credit eligible, you might want to look at the company and see, you know, what kind of sustainability initiatives they have. Um, Do they use recycling um, in their processes? How do they dispose of a battery? So I think, you know, just doing your research on what's important to you and what you value would be my advice.
0: Thank you. Is there anything else that's important for our listeners to know just about the overall battery production that we haven't touched on yet?
1: I would say that battery production is really shifting. It's quite dynamic. So I mentioned the social issues concerning cobalt mining. I mean, granted, all all mining has a series of social issues attached to it. But a lot of companies like Tesla and other big main companies are shifting away from battery chemistries that contain cobalt and using other ones. A really popular one is a lithium iron phosphate battery. So we have an abundance of iron, so that one has a little bit less of a supply chain risk. It's just really interesting and something to keep in mind is that you know these technologies are changing by the day, um, and so I just really strongly encourage doing your research if you know you're considering purchasing a vehicle.
0: If someone were going out to buy a vehicle, would you encourage them to buy an EV? Or is it like, like you said, it's just you really have to do your research and consider what's important? Or And, and the reason I ask this is because for someone who's going to buy a vehicle and, and maybe they're considering buying just the traditional ICE vehicle that uses gas and an EV, is, is one better over the other?
1: I feel like I'm a, just a little bit of a broken record. It really depends on... Mm-hmm. What you care about, I personally, if I were to go out and buy a new vehicle and I had the budget for it, I'd probably buy an electric vehicle because I think, you know, there's these problems that are associated with electric vehicles and with mining, but a lot of the big pressure right now is on climate change and making changes to help mitigate it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're driving a lot and you really want to reduce your carbon impact, you know, I would recommend an EV it's not a perfect solution. Neither is like a regular car. Neither are perfect solutions. I think it's a good step towards helping mitigate other environmental issues, such as climate change and helping countries meet their climate goals and, you know, right. Engaging in personal sustainability.
0: Well, Jenna, thank you so much for talking to us on the podcast today. This was such a great conversation and an important one to have, but before I let you go, is there, Anything that you're really excited about when it comes to the future of EVs?
1: For the future, I'm excited to see how the battery chemistries shift and evolve with you know, in increasing recognition of environmental problems associated with mining and environmental consequences related to that. So I'm really interested to see policies that go out to ensure better sustainability of mining, recycling technologies, kind of how this shifts towards you know you can't replace a climate problem with an environmental or like an ecological or um, ecosystem systemic problem and so I'm really interested to see like how you can create this happy medium on you know you have the greenhouse gas lowered emissions from EVs um, but how do you make sure that you're getting those minerals in the best possible way without just you know emitting a whole bunch of mm-hmm. More behind the scenes.
0: Right, thinking of the entire life cycle from Mm -hmm. cradle to grave, I think is what they call it, right? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time,
1: and I really love talking about this because it changes every day, and I think it's really important to
0: have these conversations. Well, I hope you enjoyed that insightful conversation with Jenna Trost, PhD candidate at Northwestern University. And if you want to join the conversation or you have thoughts on today's episode or any of our episodes, make sure to join our EV Life community on the AMA mobile app and you can post your questions, share your thoughts and connect with myself, Allison Bench, who's the producer and other EV owners and enthusiasts across the province. Until then, we'll talk to you next week.